hey, what's up? This is Chad Hermanson. This is the first video of the YouTube channel. And I got Jack Wilson here with me, uh, one of my former teammates. And what I wanted to do is bring Jack on. He is one of the, in my opinion, one of the best shortstops I have ever seen. Um, we ironically played against each other when we were young. Um, what were we, Jack? 14? 14, 15, yeah. 14, 15 years old. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to bring Jack on. And my whole idea here is with this channel is to, to start talking about the mental game, um, start talking about, you know, what are guys doing? Um, what did they do in high school? How did it change if they went to college and then on into pro ball? And I just wanted to start diving into that, just to kind of have some conversations. So, Jack, I wanted to start with you in regards to when you first started playing baseball, how old were you? Like kind of let's walk through your whole kind of young. Right, yeah. I think just like every kid starting with t-ball, uh, you know, when you're playing Little League and whatever, I guess they started like five, six years old, uh, started a t-ball and did the whole Little League thing all the way through, um, you know, 15 years old, I think is with uh, the highest that it went before you went into your high school seasons and stuff like that. I went to uh, Thousand Oaks High School here in California, where I'm at now in Thousand Oaks, California, um, spent, you know, did the four years there. Uh, did all right. Uh, wasn't, you know, anything special by any means. I was pretty small. I think as a senior, I was probably rocking 5'10", 150 pounds. <laughs> I, think. I mean, not much there. Um, uh, I did not really put effort into the school part uh, of, uh, of high school and kind of cornered myself as far as um, not being able to go to a university of, of sorts, you know, Baseball was good. I was more majority of my whole life. I was a soccer player prominently. That's what I did uh, throughout the whole year because baseball was only spring and summer, but soccer was year round with travel soccer. So that's basically my main sport. That's what I did. So baseball was kind of secondary simply because I put so much more time into soccer and it really was my, my favorite sport of the two that I would play. Um, so I really didn't know going into my senior year, what I was going to do, whether I was going to go for soccer or baseball, try to go to the next level. I knew I was going to go to junior college because I cornered myself academically, but kind of had to make that decision. It was pretty hard um, just because of my love for the game of soccer. And then, uh, but um, decided to go to junior college and play baseball at Oxnard Junior College here in California and uh, spent two years there. And that's kind of where athleticism, strength, all kind of started to come along with, um, with baseball being, you know, started to throw harder, run faster, got some weight going a little bit, grew a little bit more, uh, not much, but grew a little bit more. And, uh, and then that's kind of by my sophomore year, I was going to go to Texas Tech University uh, after I got my AA. Um, but instead, I, I did well enough to get drafted by the Cardinals uh, in 1998. And then uh, kind of started the minor leagues from, from then there on. And I uh, kind of got a good foot in the door. I uh, got a batting title in the Appalachian League. I beat out Raphael for call, which is like, he's a dude. And it was so I beat him on the last day. It was awesome. Uh, so it was a really good foot in the door, especially uh, mentally having the confidence to kind of go from, I think every player that gets drafted, it has that kind of question mark, like, am I good enough to play professional baseball, you know, and play against the best players in the world? uh at a young age and you know go live on your own and all that stuff that comes with it so having a really good season from the get-go was was huge for my confidence in in starting that journey and then about a year and a half after that I got traded I was in double a and I got traded over to the Pirates organization halfway through through double a and then um 
the following year, I was in the big leagues at, at 23 years old. So it went really fast. I was really lucky and blessed and fortunate to have, you know, to have only two and a half years in the minor leagues and get there quickly. But it was, it was tough. It was a, it was a very, very tough uh, rookie year. Uh, by I've never, I've always been a hitter, which was people that might be listening just be like, yeah, whatever. But I was, <laughs> I was always a hitter in my minor leagues. I always hit, and then I yeah. kind of, I, I went, I did that double A jump to the big leagues, and I think the Pirates were were focused on having a more defensive guy short. We had Pat Mears, but, you know, I guess Lloyd McClendon was the manager at the time, kind of, hey, let's give this young kid a shot. He can play some defense. And, you know, I had, to, I had to bat in the pass, but that jump was really too much for me at the time, to be honest with you. I got and, – and not only did I get dominated physically by the pitching that was up there, uh-huh. mentally it was pretty, it was, it was pretty wary. Uh, it was very tough. I really had never had that much failure before because even in the minor leagues I was always successful with where I played and um, you know so the biggest thing that I talk about in my in my career when we're talking about this story is I got sent down uh, about a month into the season and I think we were both in Nashville yep. uh, during that during that month after a month I think in the big leagues I nothing was right I was hitting I think like a buck 30 and had like eight errors. So even the defense wasn't working, the offense wasn't working. Um, and uh, I remember getting sent down and just being like happy about it, like relieved. Like, it's just like, this was just too much too fast. And I, and I wasn't coming to the field every day at 23 years old, confident in what I was mm-hmm. doing. So the time came where I was like, they said, you have three days, we're gonna send you down, you got three days to get to Nashville. and I hear these things in my head and I'm going, okay, that's, I can start fresh, <laughs> fresh start. You know, I drove that day that I got sent down. I drove that day from Pittsburgh to Nashville straight through overnight because I wanted to get started. I wanted that fresh slate so bad that I actually showed up the next day and coach Marty, Brown, our manager, Marty Brown, he's like, dude, what are you doing here? You have three days. And I'm like, what do you want me to do? Like catch a pirate game? Like I'm, I'm go, I gotta get going. So, um, like I'm ready so, to go now. I need to figure it out. Right? Yes. I'm ready to get this defense back, get this offense back. I feel like there's a million pounds of weight that just came off my shoulders at the big league level that wasn't working. And I showed up and he wouldn't let me play that day because I wasn't on the roster. I tried. Um, but early work just crushed it out. And then for that month that, that I was, I, I lasted a month. I hit like, I think it was, it was like 370 or something. Everything was going back to normal. And the funny thing is, is that Marty Brown calls me after a month in AAA. I'm hitting 370. Everything's going good. Love the teammates. Love playing with you, the guys. Everybody's cool. You know, and something about looking up at the scoreboard when, you're, when you come up to plate and seeing those numbers, completely different than the numbers I would see at a huge stadium that said 130-something. Right. And I got the call. Marty Brown we were on an off day and I got the call saying you got you know we got to get you on a flight to Detroit you got called back up and I actually told him I didn't want to go and he's like he's like uh yeah oh my gosh I've made these calls before and I've never had someone say no and in my mind I was happy playing baseball and that was always my zone I always wanted to enjoy it I always wanted to play well and the first thing I thought of if I go back up there I'm hitting 138 and I have eight errors. Mm-hmm. 
I, what I've just built by working my butt off to get my confidence back for this month that I'm in AAA, I don't want to give that up. And he, his answer was that, yeah, you, you got to come play to go to Detroit. I'm like, uh, honey, we're going back to the big leagues. <laughs> just, this, this, this doesn't sound fun. Let's, no. let's just kill here in Nashville. We're good. Yeah. But that, that was my, that was my, I love Nashville. I love that city. Um, I love the teammates. It was just, it was just, and I was playing well and I was having fun. And that's kind of, that was always my thing. I always like to enjoy the game. And I knew, and I just thought, gosh, man, I really, going back there, it doesn't seem like it's going to be a good time, you know? And when I'm having a good time, that's when I feel like I play really well. Right. I'm comfortable. I'm going out there and I'm enjoying the game, which is something I always said had to be the center of why I did it. And um, so went back and just tried to keep that same positive attitude, like, hey, can't get any worse. I mean, 130 is pretty freaking bad. So let's just go play. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, ended up finishing oh. up okay that year. But let me know. ask you, when you when you got sent down, so, so things weren't going right for you offensively. And no. you and I kind of had that same similar story, right? Mm-hmm. And when you got back down there, did you – did you immediately start working on something completely new or did you, were you just like, you know what, I'm just going to be myself. I'm just going to keep going to play, do my thing. Or did you completely revamp, say your swing or your mechanics and stuff like that? No, I just, I worked it out. I, you couldn't hit me enough ground balls. And you, so early work was every day. I remember being out there every day and then actually telling me, Hey, you can't come out for early work every day. And I said, well, I have to, because that's the only way I feel. I feel like I need to work things out. Like I, I physically go out there and I prove it to myself that I'm, that I'm okay. Mm-hmm. You know, because if I'm making errors or I'm, or I'm striking out or whatnot, I feel like I can swing it out by hitting BP and playing with the ball or, you know, or I'm out there and doing defense and doing different things. So it wasn't really much that I changed anything. I obviously, I think my mentality, I was looser. Just the, 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 the weight bearing of fans and media and being in the big leagues, learning how to deal with being on TV and yeah. making an error or a bad play and it's on Center that night. I mean, like dealing with all that stuff, that, all that goes away. So you really get to focus on playing and nobody in – in Nashville is going to come up to you and talk about like, it's not a national media thing where you're talking about your struggles or whatnot. It's a very comfortable setting because it's, it's, it's minor league baseball. And in big leagues, you're asking questions. Hey, do you, you know, do you really feel like you're ready for this? You're really struggling and you have to deal with that every day. So not only are you trying to get your work in to try to get better, but you're asking, you're answering questions on people who are trying to figure out if you believe you should be here, which is really tough to do at the same time. So um, you go down the, you go down to AAA and your sole focus is to, is baseball. You don't have to worry about TV. You don't have to worry about, you know, 40, 50,000 people in the stands watching you. It's, it's, it's very, it was much more comfortable for me to focus on what I needed to do as a baseball player rather than all the other stuff that came with it. Mm-hmm. So when you, it's very interesting because with, as we both, we kind of went up and down. Right. right. And then you got to the point where you did figure it out. Um, I remember getting sent down and just going through my mind, the exact same thing of, you know, cause I came up as a, t- as a top prospect, right. Supposed to be here for the next 10, 15 years, a lot, big expectations. And I, it was that feeling of getting sent down. It was almost, it was because you suck so much right? <laughs> and, and you're, you're not living up to what that expectation is. 
and then you go home every night. Oh, there's another O for three. You just keep beating yourself down. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And you go down to the AAA, and it is, it's a relief. And I know talking to other guys throughout that have been in that same boat, you know, those, there, there's a certain guys that they get called up and they never go back down. Right. 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 And, and, and we didn't experience that. And I don't really know how many guys actually do experience that. It's kind of, those are almost hall of fame type guys. Right. right. Oh, they're special. They're special. <laughs> you know, and, and to not say they don't have struggles or, or the obstacles and, and slumps, things like that. Um, but they, they were able to figure it out in a, in a quicker pace. They didn't get off to bad starts or they did and they figured it out quickly. They were able to make adjustments. Right. Um, but it's just interesting how our brains were like, Oh, okay. Like right. I, I'm going to go down. I'm going to, I'm going to relax now. Right. You know, right. It, it's just weird how that all works out when you were. Um, so the reason, and I want to tell a backstory here. The reason you came to Pittsburgh because they figured out I can't play shortstop. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Like, we drafted Hermanson, like he, he's throwing the ball all over the place. We need a guy that can play short. Right. So you came over, you came over here and I was like, dude, get me in the outfield. Like right. we have Abraham Nunez. Right. And Jack Wilson came over and that was the first time I saw you because we, we became teammates in Nashville. Right. Mm. And Chuck Fick was who drafted you. Right. 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 So Chuck Fick is still a scout in the Four Corners area. So yeah. I, I'm personally scouting in this area. I see Chuck all the time. Chuck, he looks oh, exactly the same. Yep. Right? He looks exactly the same. He's been doing this forever. Uh, he's now with the Giants. Chuck is an amazing dude. Um, but I remember him saying, he's like, yeah, you guys, I ran into him. He's like, you got Jack Wilson. He's like, that's my guy. <laughs> right? <laughs> and I'm like, tell me about him. He's like, oh, dude, he's amazing. He's a shortstop. He can hit. He he can do everything. I was like, sweet, you yeah. know. So I, I ran into him when I was in the, and I think I was up. I already had a little bit of time in the big leagues at that point, um, but I was still up and down. And then that's when we met in Nashville. And right. I'm, I'm like, dude, this guy is legit. We had so much fun. <laughs> it was a great you know, time. No, becoming teammates time. and. But it's interesting though, because you and I had that same experience of, of why is this not fun in the big leagues? Right. You know, yeah. and and I. I still think about that all the time. And I was like, obviously our brains were, were not where we needed to be with our self-confidence, with right. our, our self-image. Um, so so you, from what I'm understanding is you, from an infielder standpoint, you needed to go out and work it out. You needed to take ground balls. You needed yeah. to take extra hitting. Yeah. Because you had to, it sounds like you needed to feel it. Yes. Right? No, absolutely. I felt like there were most of my time in – you, you know, my, in my whole career, if I had a day where it just didn't go right, whether it was, you know, at the, mostly at the plate, I'm not leaving the yard. So I'm going straight to the cage after a game and I'm going to swing it out and I'm not leaving until I feel okay. You know what I mean? So I'll come in and I'll, I'll take it out on iron Mike. I'm like, all right, bro, it's me and you. If it takes an hour, it takes an hour. If my hands are bleeding, I don't care. I'm going to figure this out before I go home. So it'd be the text of the wife be like, Hey, it might be a little bit later this time. I got to do something because in my mind, it's like, I've always been the guy, if you don't like something, do something about it. Whether, whatever it was in my life that was going on that needed it be like, I'm not a, really a complainer. I'm more of a doer. So if I don't like something, it's up to me to do something about it. And I use that in my career. If I had, if I'm even in a, in a mid game, say we were playing a game and it's the second inning and a ball gets hit to me 
and either I boot it or I throw it away. The next, for the rest of the game, I will line up in that same spot in between innings to make sure that first baseman is throwing me that same throw on a ground ball in between innings when we're warming up. Do the footwork exactly the same as I did, as I did when I made the mistake. And I'll keep doing it the rest of the day knowing that all right, this is what I did wrong. I threw it from this angle. My feet were wrong, whatever. And I'll physically do that for the next seven innings in that same way, that same ball to make sure in my mind, okay, if that happens again, the first thing in my thought that comes to my brain is not what happened in the second inning. I've already erased it by doing it over and over again for the next six, seven innings. So that was, that was my thing. If I had a, if I made a mistake, I wanted to duplicate it and make sure I got it right. So it wasn't in my head if that same ball came back to me later in the game. So I was always somebody that's like, I have to fix it now, and this is how I fix it. I work, I work it out. So you you'd work it out, yeah. Yeah. And so you you're hitting in the cages, you're doing your thing, hands are bleeding. Did yes. you did you ever get to the point where, okay, I need to I need to back off this thing. Like I I'm overworking this. I'm taking weight. I, I I'm too tired to even go to the field now because I'm overworking. Was there? Did you ever ever have any of that? Yeah. So I just started bunning. <laughs> I was like, all right, learn to push button. Just swinging ain't working. <laughs> so, not like it was. It was thought process like that. I I don't feel like I I could overwork anything. I had a lot of energy. Um, yes, I you did. I remember that you were all yeah. high energy guy. High energy guy. So it's not like I had I had it to spare for sure. So those yeah. those sessions, um, you know, were I was always able to 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 work it out so it's not so much i overloaded it it was just something that i need it was a switch in my head if i felt any self-doubt i felt i could flip the switch by just doing what i thought if i was rolling over the ball to shortstop that i felt i should be driving to right center i just go in the cage and hit everything to right center and then i'll say all right i'm gonna go 10 in a row and i'd get to nine and i didn't get 10 i'd do 10 again uh -huh. and just and then just and then what it did for me is just give me a peace of mind uh really that i was setting myself up for the next day Rather than going home and just, what's wrong with my swing? I kept rolling over. Yeah. Oh, we'll fix it real quick. I mean, you're, because here's the thing like, if you're in the big leagues or, you know, in the minor leagues, you're a professional athlete. You've done things in your career that less than 1% of people have done since they picked up a baseball in their kids. So you, you have the ability to do it. It's just something mechanically or, or mentally is wrong. We'll fix it. And you should be able to. You're a professional athlete. You know, you tell yourself, like, hey, all right, you know what you're doing wrong. We all know when you're pulling out, your head's pulling out, you're going to hit it off the end of the bat and roll over short. So get your head back in the game and hit the ball to right center. You know, whether it's off a of T or Iron Mike, whatever it may be. So I just, I just felt that that was the key for me. I was just like, if I can leave here with the bad day, but hey, let me fix it now and then I can sleep well at night. Then my kids will like me more when I get home. Yeah, let's talk about that because we, we had chatted before and you had mentioned to me that while you were in Pittsburgh, you actually purchased a house that was roughly 30 minutes plus away from the right. stadium. So you, after a game, you know, kind of walk us through that, how, how that, why did you do that? Yeah, I, uh, I felt, you know, in my first, you know, when it happens with, with Major League Baseball players, uh, for those who don't know, when you first make it up to the big leagues, you kind of, you have rental places, whether it be apartments or, or condos, even if you rent a house, whatever it may be. And it's usually close by. Um, if you've, you know, uh, sent your car out or you bought a car where you're playing or whatnot, but it's usually close by. So it's, so it's easy access. Cause you really don't know at that point, but in the first three years, um, if you're going to be sent down a lot you don't, you don't buy a house because mm -hmm. you, 
unless you plan on living there in the off season. So um, that would be a major power move if you did. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> that's special. Let me like tip the hat to you. Like that's confidence right there. Um, but so when it came time after my, when I got to, when I got my first mold tire deal, which was in 2005, I believe uh, it was a two year deal where you finally felt like, all right, I can get something now. I feel like I should be here. The, 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 I think it was a two year deal. So at least I know I'm here two years rather than, you know, waste rent, I guess you could say that money, at least we buy something and own something. Yeah. And so I purposely thought about it. Like I would really like to have us pushed out further so that I had a, a 30 to 40 minute drive. And the purpose was for that is that I really wanted to make sure that I, that I, the time that I needed to prepare for a game mentally on my own, I wanted that and to be separate than my family time. So that I didn't you know if I'm if I'm staying at, at somewhere close and I'm only 10 or 15 minutes away from the stadium, I don't think I need 30 minutes of focus because I you know we have all the information as big leaders. We know who we're facing that day, uh, whoever that pitcher is. And if I can get 30 minutes of focus on my own, whether I'm just listening to music and driving to the field, that was kind of my that was my happy spot. That was my place where I needed to be, where kiss the kids goodbye, bye honey, see you at the game, whatnot. And then I had that 30 minute drive. So I really wanted to, to get that space, which we did. We, we lived in Mars, Pennsylvania, which was an awesome place to play and raise your kids uh, or to live and raise your kids. So not only did I have that 30 minutes prior to getting to the field and starting my process to get ready for a game, uh, but I also had 30 minutes back where I could let everything go in that time where if I'm going to worry about or think about what I need to do baseball wise for the next day, I have that 30 minutes because I don't want to go home and be thinking about that when I'm trying to spend time with my kids and, and my wife, because it's very hard to balance that family, that family life and the baseball life, especially in the big leagues where we're traveling all over the place. The time that you are with your family, because we're traveling three months out of the year, you know, we're on road games. So the time that we're with our family, we really want to dedicate that time to them. So that 30 minutes was the perfect amount of time to get me ready and then come home to be, to prepare to be like focused on the family. Yeah, it's so true because even even if you decided to go home at right after a game, right, and, and you got kids, they're they're waiting in the family room. Yeah. And you're like, you just went 0 for 3, had an error or something, you had a crappy game. Like you don't want to be walking into the the family room like, let's go, let's get out of here. Like you right. know. You're all pissed off, and yeah, so there, right. there's kind of that. Yeah, let's go. Why, why is the car started already? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get out of here. I'm tired of being here. Whatever. You know, and, and that was cool. You know, that's that's why kind of. And there were uh, there were plenty of days. The good thing is, like you know, we do have those, the kids in the in the family room, and um, there were some times where I was like, all right, I'll take the. You know, we have to two cars. I'll take the kids. Like those on the good nights where you're like, okay, you had a three for four. Your team won. I'll drive the kids back. But a lot of yeah. times plus I, they, they understood, or at least my, my wife understood because my kids were little, but she understood that, you know, she could probably tell by just watching the game. It's like, all right, he's going to want to drive home on his own, not with a car seat for the kid in the back wanting to watch Blue's Clues. You know, yes. <laughs> I think uh, he's, he needs that time. So it's really just a really cool partnership with our, with our wives and, and them understanding what goes on in our heads and what we need to do to be successful for, the game and for our family. Well, now correct me if I'm right that uh, you married your high school sweetheart as well. Well, no, actually, it was, uh, 
pretty close. I mean, oh, I, okay. met her, I met her uh, six months before the draft. No, no, I'm sorry. Oh. I met her a month before the draft. Okay. And I, I, I met her at a country line dancing bar. <laughs> and I just doing my thing. And, uh, and we dated for that month. And I had to tell her, you know, um, I might get drafted. Uh, here pretty soon and she thought I was going to the army so I was like oh, <laughs> where you, you about do look like a killer I do I mean now yeah. I do I had hair back then though so, so. <laughs> but um but literally six months later I uh, uh we were married because wow. I spent rookie ball in uh Johnson City Tennessee and uh I was like I really our whole relationship was based over the phone uh, because she was in California and I was in Tennessee. So uh, it just made sense. Uh, we both had faith-based background. So, you know, the whole, you know, the rules that, and that we believe in our faith was that you, you didn't live together before marriage. Right. Uh, so we're like, all right, I'm 21, you're 19. Let's get this done. <laughs> like, let's go. I just want to die. Kyle. Let's go. <laughs> so. Uh, I've waited too long. Let's do this. Oh. Yeah, so it's it's it ended up being an awesome and an awesome an awesome thing because we look back like gosh we were so stupid, <laughs> but but you know now we're we, we're on twenty one years uh, of of being married so it's it's been it's been you know what it's you know living in faith and knowing that God has a plan for you, um, that was her entering my life a month before the draft started where I'm going to live on my own and all the things that come with a twenty one year old kid who just got a bonus who's yeah. now living on his own and the dangers that come with that for her to be entered into my life I was like that's why I'm like we're we're getting married in January because this is I need you like you you keep me centered you know so well, it's it awesome and we have to thank her for keeping you out of the line dancing bars uh, no no she needs that <laughs> we all need that we did the, the, the push push and the electric slide that has to happen <laughs> I it's can't funny, it's funny because you, you mentioned you played soccer growing up and I remember like you, you're in a you're a really good dancer right and, and so here in Las Vegas I remember Manny Guerra who you might even remember being a, a Cardinal yeah. guy Manny Guerra is a famous scout here in Las Vegas and and what he scouted me in high school when I was playing shortstop back then and he would come up to me he's like you know if if you're gonna play shortstop you have to be able to dance Yes. I, was like, I can dance. Right? Yeah. <laughs> the running man right now. Right? <laughs> yes. Right. Yes. But uh, yeah, you do. I, to I totally remember work, all right? that. It's all footwork. I tell people all the time because a, a lot of the things I've been coaching high school for the last four years. And a lot of the, a lot of the thing that we don't see now, I don't know if you played, did you play any other sports in high school at all? Other than baseball? No, we, we weren't allowed to just, we had, we were all year long. So yeah. So, so like I played, I didn't play football. I was the kicker. So I say I played football. Uh, I kicked football and then I went to soccer and then I went to baseball. So I was, a, I played three sports, which is unheard of now because everybody kind of earlier getting into, you know, the focus of playing one sport to try to go to college when they're in eighth grade, you know, it's just right. different. But I tell people all the time, there's no way that I could have played shortstop at any of that other level if I didn't play soccer because I was a forward. So the footwork that I needed to make moves, uh, to create, to create space, to, to take shots, to take guys one-on-one, -on -one. all that quick footwork was exactly what converted to a shortstop to be able to make 
athletic moves that, a, that you can dive or make a play or go in the hole or do a jump throw, whatever. It was the footwork that I had from playing soccer my whole life. So I, as a high school coach, I'm like, play as many as you want, like play sports because the, the, the athlete, the, the baseball players that just play baseball can be really good. But the baseball players that play other sports, they stick out because they've trained their bodies to do different movements and actions that baseball players only haven't done. And basketball players can, they can jump and they can move like all you super athletes. I, it's, it's interesting if they were to do an MLB poll on all these like major league baseball players, especially like the really good ones that they played multiple sports, you know, growing up because they're these, these guys doing athletic things. I think it, it comes a lot from being able to, to play other sports early on and learning different movements that really transfer over to baseball. No doubt. I mean, I, so I'm in my eighth year of scouting, right. And, and one of the first things when I go to the field, I'm looking for, I mean, obviously I'm probably going to look at a particular player, right. But say if I'm looking at a junior in college and there's maybe a, a young kid that's coming up, I'm like, that's my first thought. I was like, what kind of athlete is he? Right. And, and there's even from a pitcher standpoint, we'll be looking at kids that like his stuff is over here, but we're like, well, what's his vertical? Right. 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 How, how can he, how can he jump? Yeah. And, and it's amazing how that's a piece of the puzzle now in regards to looking at athletes, looking at how explosive they are and the athleticism of being able to make an adjustment in their delivery, right. you know, things like that. It's, it's really interesting. Yeah. The, the big guy around here, there's a big training kind of testing that is in all over California, all over the nation. I forget what it's called. Uh, but they got, they've done all these NBA guys and football guys and whatnot. And the number one guy nationally ranked is Jack Flaherty. The, the starting pitcher for uh, the St. Louis Cardinals who went to Harvard Westlake High School, which is, is out by here. And his numbers for athleticism and all the tests they do dwarf NBA All-Stars. They're dwarfing, uh, you know, all pro linebackers and stuff on, on athleticism. And it just shows like, and now that guy's the ace of the staff for the St. Louis Cardinals. And, you know, like you said, athletes can make adjustments faster than everybody else. And that's really what, what major leaguers probably do better than anybody is, is, you know, making that mid at bat adjustment or whatever it may be, you know, different arm angle and how they pitch or whatnot, arm slot from when they're thrown across the diamond. Those adjustments come from being athletes. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So you tell us about your family. How many kids yeah. you have? What are their ages? All right. So I have three kids. I got Jacob who just turned 18. Uh, and then I have uh, Jaden who just, who is 14. She's about to start high school. And uh, Jersey is a 12-year-old about to start middle schools. And then Jacob's a baseball player. Uh, he played soccer a little bit growing up, which made me happy, uh, but uh, made the choice to go to, uh, to baseball. And he's, gonna, he's kind of virtual. I guess we're virtually graduating this year, high school, uh, with everything that's going on. But uh, he's headed to Grand Canyon University to play baseball on a scholarship. So we're really excited about that. And then both Jane and Jersey uh, play um, soccer year-round. Of course they do. Yes, they do. Yeah, they play club soccer, which makes me really happy because I still get that 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 piece of my life and and uh, that I that I love so much. So I'm glad. I'm really happy to go and watch them play. It's interesting now that we're like we're both. What are you? Forty two. Forty two. You're forty two. Yeah. So, uh huh. You're just turned forty three, right? Just I'm forty two still. Yeah. Oh, you're forty two still. Okay. You month, a few months away. Like easy. All right. All right. My bad. Easy. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> And it's interesting how you, so with mine, I have four kids, right? Right. And my son is the middle, is really the only, he play, plays baseball. And then right. my, my youngest at 11 plays soccer. 
more on the the rec side we haven't yeah. got into the club scene um and with my travels my wife's like thank goodness because right. yeah so that i would have to imagine for you your weekend was just insane with yes. baseball and soccer Super Soccer Saturdays. That's what we call them. We had either two soccer games and a baseball game. Uh, when Jake was playing soccer, they were all three playing rec at the same time before the girls did club soccer. So we were at soccer fields all day long. Uh, so um, I, you know, like like probably you and probably every dad live for watching kids play in a sport. I, you know, I get geared up for it. I dress up for it to be honest. <laughs> just to embarrass them. I mean, if their if their team's blue, I am wearing blue or finding some sort of replica jersey that I can wear to just, you know, I'll dress up with whatever they're wearing just because I'm, you know, like every dad, you're their super fan, you know, right. I told, I told Jacob and I'm like, you know, Jacob's been playing for me, uh, you know, with travel ball in high school, you know, last, since 2012, when I retired, I've been full time. I've, I've been his coach and I told him, you know, you know, for his, you know, when he graduates, like I'm excited to be the fan. Right. I told him, I'm like, listen, bro, you're going to Grand Canyon. I'm going to have your jersey replica wearing with a foam finger on, screaming in the stands, you know, for the Lopes. Because, like, you know, we've had that relationship as, you know, the father-son coach, you know, dynamic for so long. I'm so excited to be just the fan, just the dad, you know, because it's, uh, it's something we really haven't had yet. Right. Yeah, so I'm super excited for that. I have my Southwest miles racked up for my <laughs> next year. I told my high school scheduler for my high school games, I'm like, nothing on the weekends. Like, I right. need the weekends so I can go to Burbank High, Burbank Airport, hit the Southwest to Arizona or wherever they're playing, and and travel around and watch and and just you know be a dad. That's awesome, and I and and I scout that area. So that's actually the first time I ran into you. It had yeah. been quite a while since I'd seen you, and then all of a sudden you're at Grand Canyon yeah. watching a game, and you're like, oh, yeah, my, my son's going to – you're on a recruiting trip, taking a peek yeah. and looking at it, and then I think he committed a few months yeah. later. No, it's a great it's a great place. We're excited for him. We love Coach Staff and Coach Stankiewicz and Coach Wallace. I mean, we're really excited for, for him to, to, to get out on his own and start, start his own journey. So let's talk about, Jake, growing up. So obviously – so dad's a big leaguer. Right. right. You, you've, you've set, you coached him since he was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. So how, I mean, how did that? Yeah. During when I was playing, I didn't, but like in fall ball, like we, like I would, I wouldn't come back and be the manager just because I felt like, like they would be practicing all summer when I wasn't there, but I'd come in and kind of help a little bit. And then when I retired, I kind of went in full into, all right, let's run this thing. Let's, let's, let's be <laughs> the head coach and do stuff with some dads and stuff like that. But yeah, we've been coaching him since, since he was full-time since I think he's 11. Okay. Yeah, so you so, so you know him more than anybody. Did yeah. As he was growing up, did he have any – let's let maybe t- – let's talk about comparison. Did he compare any traits? Hey, hey Dad, when, when you were this age, did you do this? Or what, yeah. How far, how far could you hit a ball when you were this age? Right. He, we, he did. He asked a lot of questions about that. I think to, you know – I think the life of a, of a kid and the dad that played um, professional sports is pretty tough. And I think uh, just, and it's really unfair to them because no matter what they do or accomplish, it's always in other people's eyes, not always, but other people's eyes will be able to be like, Oh, you know, he got, he got a, a scholarship at Grand Canyon because his dad's a big leader and he knows the head coach over there. 
you know, it's all, and I think he knew that. And I think he got that in an early age um, because I would coach all-stars and obviously, you know, he was a good player and he would make all-stars on his own, but you have that daddy's the coach type of thing. And he would ask those questions early on, like, okay, when you were this age, like you were saying, you know, did you hit home runs and stuff like that? So, and I wanted, and I would tell him, and I would tell him honestly from year to year, like how he was developing to push him. And, but with the understanding that like you and I are going to be different, you are going to be Jacob Wilson. And that's more important than anything I can tell you because you are not, Jacob Wilson, Jack Wilson's son, you are Jacob Wilson, and you're going to have your own path. I said, we can talk about comparisons and and simply to say, here are the things that I think you need to work on to get better. That really has nothing to do with me because my journey was completely different. I came from two postal workers who didn't even play sports. You know, my brother played, you know, nine years in the minor leagues as well. So we had two brothers that came from postal workers who didn't play sports. And I said, everybody's journey is different. And I said, most importantly, you don't let anybody tell you that you've done anything because of what your dad did. Cause I've all I've done. And the only really advantage you have and that your son will have is the, is the, is the um, information that we were able to, you know, to, to get from the best coaches in the world at the highest level. I was like, that's how we can help you maybe succeed faster on the, really on the mental side only. Physically, right. we can make you throw harder. We can't make you run faster, but we can see things in your swing that we did ourselves. We know when we're dipping our backside, we can tell you when your head's pulling out really quickly because we played at the highest level and we knew, we knew those things, but it was very adamant from the get-go. Like, listen, you're, you are you and whatever you accomplish is going to be because of you, not because of, of your dad and understand that. And when you do understand that nobody can take or say anything against that so because there are going to be people that are going to say that and so I've kind of prepared him from that at 11 and 12 years old before you kind of get to middle school and high school because those comparisons or those comments were going to come yeah no doubt I know um so my son's just a year younger than yours right and and we're, we're even on a different I don't know if you did, but he goes to the same exact high school I went to. Yeah, yeah same thing. Yeah, <laughs> I coached at Thousand Oaks. That's where I went. That's where he, that's where he just graduated from. Yeah, so it's it's so easy to to put them in the shoes of anytime I'm around town. Like, how's your kid doing? Is does he do this like you did? Does he yeah, right. does he run like you did? Does he throw like you did? So it's almost like you understand. Like when I when I talk to him, he's like, all people all people do is ask me about you. Right. <laughs> you know, so well, I'm, sure, I'm sure if we look up the, you know, it's Green Valley, right? If I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm sure the record books are going to show your name in there for, for some categories, I, I would assume, for what you did there. And so it's like, and the same here, I had a really good year my junior year where like the batting average and the hits were the records, but, you know, it's even there. And, you know, is your number retired or anything at the school that, that, that he sees every day when he's at the field? You know, all that stuff that comes into play, you know, where they, it, they're faced with it nonstop, especially at the school that, that we succeeded in. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's almost like, dang, do we need to move? Do we, <laughs> <laughs> do we need to go to another school? <laughs> I think it's awesome. I think it's awesome. I, I, I was very proud to be able to put on, to, to have him wear the same colors and, and, and to walk the same halls as I did. I thought that, I thought it was pretty cool to have 
that high school experience, the same as you know myself, my parents went there, my aunts and uncles went there. We had like 15 or 16 people that went to wow. the same school. So it was like this family thing, you know, and my brother and I. So I think it was, I always liked it because it was like, you're playing on the same field, you know, that these, the freshman field, the, the JV field, the varsity the, that I did. You know, right. you're, you're the same dirt. Like it's, you're hitting in the same batter's box. It's like, it was, it was really fun to watch. Yeah. So you, so you've been coaching high school ball for a while now. Yeah. Um, for, for me, I think in order to become a better player, I think we, we talk about confidence, right? Right. And to me, confidence is more, it's more an act. Like I need, I need to act confident, right? Because right? baseball as, as it we, ebbs and flows, right? Of, of, yeah. of the success of the failure, it's a lot more failure. So if you're letting every, outcome of your at bat say this example dictate oh i'm confident because i got a hit right right then then our confidence is up at that about then we struck out now it's back down right. so how do you portray that with the kids that you're coaching as far as confidence goes because i think that's usually the biggest like how do i keep my confidence up i think i think that what i what i tell my guys is i tell them really on my experiences i've always told my guys to listen you're never really going to hear about the things that I accomplished. You're going to hear about everything I did wrong because I want you to not make the same mistakes I did. And I said, if you I said the best guys that I ever played with, you know, Ichiro, Ken Griffey Jr. Um, you know, when Jason Bay was an all-star, Freddie Sanchez, all those guys, the, the all-stars, they had the same heartbeat. It was, there was no peaks and valleys. Like you couldn't tell, you know, if each row went over five the day before, because he comes to the, and it's a new day. And I always tell him, I say, listen, that what you want to do in baseball and, and you know, it is a game of failure. It is how we react to failure, how our mind looks at failure. If we're getting out seven times out of 10, you're a really good baseball player, you know, and in the high school, it's more like six out of 10. Cause the, the, I guess 350, 375 is more kind of cause the basic for high school, I guess. Um, but is to understand that your last at bat does not determine what you're going to do in the next at bat. And your last, your last game is not going to determine what you do in the next game. So if you're, you know, if you're three for three, are you guaranteed to get hit your fourth bat? And the answer is no. Uh, you know, you went out there and you were successful for three at bats, but that doesn't mean like you got to have that same frame of mind that when you went up there in the first at bat to the fourth. And just because you struck out three times doesn't mean that fourth time that you're coming up, you're going to, you're not going to, drive you know drive a ball in the gap and go three you know so it's it's and it's tough too because these kids are under a lot of pressure now in high school and I think you know you probably got that as as a as a as a top player in the nation I know I definitely didn't get that and you're you're on the draft spectrum you're obviously the 10th overall pick so the pre I had zero pressure in high school because I wasn't supposed to do anything anyways you're like <laughs> you know I didn't have the grades and I was like I was all right but it wasn't like you couldn't pick this guy to be a major leaguer one day. Not, a, I mean, not a chance. So, but the pressures these kids are, are facing now and trying to, to get college scholarships by their sophomore or junior year or, or, you know, verbally committing or whatever it is, 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 is really tough. And a lot of the, the perfect game rankings and stuff like that, that they have to deal with uh, and, and comparisons that they get between other players and all the showcases they do. It's a completely different era that they're growing up in that, that we did. So it's a lot of it has to, you really have to attack the mental side and confidence and let them know that none of that, all that is white noise. It doesn't mean anything. It's just some guy with a computer that's putting numbers together and ranking you. Does that mean, you know, if you're ranked this hot, you know, this in one website, this in another website, does that have any outcome of what you're going to do 
in the game. I'm like, no, your outcome comes from your preparation, your practice, and, and, and are you paying attention on the on-deck circle or in the dugout, watching hitters in front of you? That's how you go out and, and, and play baseball and, and, you know, get recognition or whatever you're looking for. But, you know, it's, uh, it's really tough for these kids now. And you really have to, like you're saying, really get into their mind of, of trying to get that same heartbeat with understanding that if I see you on a day you're four for four, and I see you on a day for over four, if I can't see any difference in your body, your mannerism, or how you're acting, that's what you want. That's yep. what scouts are looking for. Right. I tell, scouts tell you, I'll tell you all the time, scouts want to see what you look like when you fail. Because everybody's a great teammate when, when you're having a great day. You're up on the top step, Derek Jeter, captain, like <laughs> top step is the guy coming in. The whole nine yards, you're a great teammate. You're out there with energy because everything's going right. So what do you look like when you're struggling? I said, that's the biggest thing that people are going to look at because this game is based on failure. And at the next level, if you can't control yourself and your emotions and your body, the high school level, how are they going to see that you're going to do in college and beyond? Yeah, I, I, that's awesome. I, I think a big part of that too is when you can't, when you're four for four, or for four, you're, you're that even kill, right? So really to me, when you kind of go even kill, that, that's really just staying neutral. Yeah. With all yeah. of it. It's just being able to, it's good or bad, no, no matter what, I'm neutral. I'm not going to let the success or failure of that at bat, of that pitch I threw, of that error I made to dictate how I'm going to feel and act right. after right. that. Absolutely. You know? And I think that's where professionals start to develop that kind of maybe part of that routine of you get so many reps in that you start to really kind of understand yourself. Right. Right. Of, okay, I'm, I'm stinking right now. I'm over 20, you know, but it, 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 when I go for 25, am I going to finally snap and throw a bat? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. No, I, I hear you. I think that's part of the game that, that like, once you get up there and especially with the cameras on you and stuff like that and controlling your emotions, it's, it's, it's a tough thing because, you know, the passion for wanting to do well, the passion for, for trying to help your team win and, and really, you know, you get to the big leagues and it's, it's your job to stay there, you know, which they say is the hardest thing to get to the big leagues. The only thing harder is to stay there. Right. So, you know, the pressures that come with that. And, you know, I try to get our kids and I, and the high school kids to understand that, like, listen, you're not there yet. You don't, you don't, you're not providing for your family right now. You're, you just need to go out there and and try to teach them the things that that people are going to look for and, and to stay, to stay positive. And you know what, you can leave, you can leave a day at an 0 for 3 and make a mistake on the field and still somehow help your team win a baseball game. Yeah. And that's what you got to focus on. That's what you've got to leave with. They said, you know what, I had a tough day, but I drew a walk in the sixth inning. I ended up stealing a base and I scored the winning run on the next, on the single. Like, that's a great day. You helped your team get a W. Like, you might not have gotten a hit and you might not have made the play you wanted to make, but when it, when it mattered, you, you were there for your team. And you, so you can have bad games and help a team win, a win which overall is the goal anyways. You know, and people will notice that. No doubt. No doubt. So you are, you're at home in this quarantine, right? You're just kind of chilling, hanging out. Are you, uh, so what was Jake's plans for this summer? Has he got something lined up already to go play somewhere? Uh, He was lined up to play uh, in a collegiate summer league out here in California. Uh, You know, they allow, I think each team's allowed two high school players coming straight from high school. And I, I really, was excited for him to get that roster spot because I think, you know, seeing college, not only college athletes and college competition, 
prior to stepping foot on campus, but really see how they go about their business. Because, you know, when you go to college, it's, it's a tough, and college programs are hard. They're yeah. very difficult. Their, their weight routine, Jacob was a lot like me. He's not a big weight room guy. And uh, for the first three months, I mean, you're, I think they start at five in the morning. So your 4.15 wake up call to get to team breakfast, to get to 5 a.m. lifts four times a week is, uh, is probably an eye opener for most freshmen. I know it'll be for him. Um, he's mentally prepared for it. I think understanding that this is what they're going to ask you to do. Um, so having that summer league ahead of that and kind of picking brains and, and being around that age and that's, and that speed of play, I always was thought was really excited for. Hopefully it does happen. Uh, they're supposed to start in mid June. Um, if it does, it does, if it doesn't, it doesn't, but hopefully uh, he can get that point and, and, and get that, you know, get that experience before heading over to college in Arizona. Perfect. Okay. Yeah, so excited Perfect. about that. That's going to be fun. It's going to be fun watching him. I get to, evaluate him i'm gonna tell yeah. you whether he stinks or not yes right I'll tell you too <laughs> <laughs> and that's a, that's a good thing that the relationship we have too i think um you know he he really struggled his sophomore year which which i was really happy about he was a sophomore in varsity defensively he's he was really really good i think he made on the varsity level for three years he made three errors so he he's really good with, with the hands and and, and he turns it it turns the double play really well. So he was able to struggle offensively his sophomore year. Uh, but defensively, he was able to keep himself with the lineup, which was, which was good for him. But I, I told him after sophomore year, it's like this, if you're going to struggle, this is the year to do it. You're a sophomore. You okay. got, but you got to figure out what you need to do personally. I can tell you what I did, but that doesn't mean it'll work for you. But you got to find out what you need to do, whether it's cage work or, or T work, whatever it may be, to get yourself right. And over the course of the next two years, you know, he was able to come up with his own program, headphones on, hitting in a cage by himself. He didn't want that. He wanted to do his own thing, which was what kind of vaulted him to have a really good, what was a really good senior year uh, before he got shut down. So um, another thing that I was really, you know, really proud of our, 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 of any player is to learn from their mistakes, learn from when they're struggling, what happened, how'd you get out of it and remember that, remember, understand all right, this is what got me out of it. And just because you come back and you're back to normal doesn't mean you change your routine that got you out of it. You continue with that same routine. Um, so a lot of the times these, these high school kids and these athletes, you know, have a hard time finding that, that routine that works for them and be consistent with it. They'll just use it to get back like it's a Band-Aid. Right. And all of a sudden, it, you know, they go back to dropping their shoulder and whatnot because they, they stopped working because they had a couple good games to keep to come off their bad games so um you know coming up with those you know those routines or whatever personally whatever works for them to get them confident and back on track no doubt no doubt absolutely yeah it's definitely when you get to that that college atmosphere we you know i think i went straight from high school so i was with the pirate city right away we had we still we still had that routine the old pirate city too. old pirate city <laughs> <laughs> that's a little different than the new a little bit better now <laughs> a little bit <laughs> yeah that place is pretty that's that was tough that was a tough place to go but hey like like i said that's that's a that's a it's a big step i mean going from high school i know that that had been a pretty tough pretty tough jump for me just yeah. mentally i mean that's that's really tough. i think for any high school kid that gets that gets that gets drafted that's a that's a big adjustment that it's hard to, to prepare for 
you know, I for me looking back, because I was still 17 when I was drafted, right? Oh, yeah. I, I was able to play rookie ball in my short season yeah. um, with the college kids. I played rookie ball for maybe a couple of weeks and then got moved up oh, nice. when that started. Uh, and that was that was exciting because rookie ball, you're playing at one in the afternoon in Florida right. and you're dying, where now you, you moved up to short season. Now you're at the 7 o'clock game. You're under the lights. You got the fans. Right. Um, but, yeah, it's just a completely different game and adjustment. And uh, you feel like you're starting to play with men, you know. Right, right. Like, oh, you, you just graduated high school or college. You're 23 years old. Right. Right. Like, you have a kid now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're married. Yeah. You're like, dude, I'm 17. I don't know. Your eyes are just like, I'm just here to play baseball. Yeah. Ready to go. Well, dude, this has been awesome. This is, uh, like I said, this is the first call that we're putting together. And, and the whole idea here is to – you know, start just having some dialogue here with what players do to stay, you know, positive and to right. everyone. We all know that this game is so hard, you know, yeah. and, it, and it just gets harder as you keep going up. Right. So how, how do you go about doing these things, uh, building your confidence, building your self-esteem, your self-image, all that stuff is so important. So that's what we're trying to accomplish here on this site. And, um, I think Jack, you you provide us with a, a lot of information here. Hopefully, this is going to help a lot of kids. I hope so. That'd be awesome. Yeah, just you know, just make it fun. Man, yeah. Remember, this still is a game. This is yeah. this will always be this will always be something we play for for the joy of it. And and the one thing I'll I'll leave you with that I wanted to say. I tell you know people would ask me all the time like, what does my kid need to do to make it to the big leagues? I'm like, okay, number one, your kid's six. Let's just start with that. Okay. Let's just rewind a little bit. He needs to lose his teeth first. And Herman saying it's not going to the 12 year old little league fields to scout right now. It's just not <laughs> happening. Maybe one day, I doubt it. But, you know, try to put it in perspective. I said, listen, for me, I'll tell you exactly, exactly my thought process when I started this journey. I said, I never, in my wildest dreams, I never had the goal of making it to the big leagues. Even when I got drafted and I decided to play baseball, the big leagues were never in my sights. And I simply said this, if I can get as good as I can possibly make myself, no matter where I ended up, I was going to be okay with. I'm going to be satisfied. If I knew that I went in the cage and I took the ground balls and I gave it everything I could, if that meant that I went to Texas Tech and that was it, then that was it. If I went to double A and that was it, I can look back and go lower. I gave every ounce of my body and my heart and my mind into this game. And wherever that led me, that was what I was going to be okay with. And I got blessed and fortunate enough to, to, to be up there and play for a long time and do some cool stuff and visit some cool places. But that was never my thought process. And I think we'll watch. I never watched the Dodgers. I didn't watch baseball on TV. I was watching the world cup. You know, I was watching team USA. So like, <laughs> Having that thought process, and I think it's really good for people to understand, if you just concentrate on what you need to do to help your team win games, to be the best teammate and the best player you can possibly be, where you go is, is, is what's going to happen. You know, it's what's going to be there. You know, and, and you can always look back and be, be okay and happy and satisfied with what you did because you never compared it to yourself with somebody else. Like, it doesn't matter. I'm not trying to be Derek Jeter. Yeah. I changed my number to number two after my second year, and everyone's like, oh, you're trying to be junior. I'm like, ah, 
He's six five. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not trying to be Derek Jeter. I just like the number, you know. And it's just like for me, it was I never compare myself with anybody. I didn't have to look at fantasy rankings or whatnot because it's like, oh, don't draft him. He only hits it. It doesn't matter. Like all I wanted to do was be good at what I did and give it everything I could and help my team win baseball games. I tell the pitchers to hit the ball to me. I got you. If I make an error, hit it back to me. I'm gonna turn a double play. Just having that thought process of be as good as you can possibly be. Make yourself that player. And wherever you go, and I think you have a good chance of going far with that type of focus. Don't worry about what everybody else is doing. Do you the best you can. Absolutely. Dude, that's awesome. I, and that, that all falls, in, falls into the process over the outcome. Right. right? It's, it's, it's focusing on being the best you and, and working on reaching your potential. That's yeah. what it really is. Absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. I can't thank you enough for coming yeah. on board with me. Great. Now you got to get out to Vegas, come visit yes. the family. Right? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. We need to get out of here. Once this thing opens up, we gotta, we've got to. we been in this house a long time, so right. I'm sure it's going to be reaching out in and, and different places and, and try to get out. But, no, man, it's great talking to you, catching up, man. I just love talking baseball with you. So you you just started an Instagram account. And I know I've, I'm following you now. You started yeah. doing some drills. Woo. Yeah. Right? I'm going to put some more on there and try to get some, I don't even know what my, I don't even know what my title is. So I'm not a social media guy. My, my kids through quarantine are like, dad, you need to do a social media. I'm like, yeah, what does that mean? <laughs> so this came after my time. Okay. So it's Jack dot Wilson underscore two, apparently. That's so they terrible. They said That's terrible. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They they set everything up. Apparently, I have 293 followers. I don't even know if that's good or not. But I got some cool stuff on there. I did some videos. There's some stuff on Jake and there's stuff on me and Freddie. Yeah. Uh, there's little things here and there. I think no, I, so I, I If you're an infielder and oh, yeah. on you, go follow Jack. I'll put it like in the, the show notes or under the link on the Yeah, the follow. Hit yeah. the follow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but whatever that does. <laughs> no, I will be putting up, I, especially now, I put on a lot of different stuff to, to help people to, to stay, uh, you know, stay baseball or softball ready during this time so that if, when it does open up uh, and, you know, some leagues or some things can be out there and kids can start playing again, they, they're not starting from scratch. So, yeah. Some no stuff. Yeah, absolutely. It's awesome, man. I, I love those kind of videos. I, I was the creativity that you had in them already. I was like, this is sweet. Dude, the boredom right this. now is exploding. Like the boredom, like what else can we do? Right. All video, you know, and stuff. So there's be some fun stuff on there, but there'll also be some stuff that I think people can use. Some, de some definitely some stuff, but we'll start being, we'll keep being creative. Awesome. That gets us out of the house. Good deal. Well, anything else, Jack, you want to tell our audience? Oh. Oh man, I'm excited. I, I think something, stuff like this, when you're talking about the mental side of the game and, and your approach and, and being positive, I think it's, it's an untapped source. And I think it's so important because as scouts, there's, you know, there's the, what are the five tools we got? What, hitting for power, hitting for average, arms, you know, throwing, running. What's, and then what's the last one? Building. Building. Ah, feeling shocker but I always, that's the I last think, one I, yeah i think this is, this is the sixth and i think it gets overlooked <laughs> yep. being, being smart and being mentally tough and i think that all that all comes from here and playing with your heart and playing playing with your head and i think that's the sixth tool that smart players and mentally strong players stand out just you know it's that sixth tool that's very very important and i think it's kind of overseen a lot and i think stuff like this and what you're doing in this channel i think that's gonna it's gonna help a lot of players 
understand how important your brain and, and your thought process and motivation is. Yeah, no doubt. And, and kind of what I'm trying to get kids to do is the hardest part of working with, say, high school age kids is getting them to talk. Yeah. Right? Getting them to open up because they're at that age of, dude, I'm, I'm a bad A, right? I'm, I'm 16, 17, 18 years old. Right. I, you want right. me to be That's vulnerable old. with you? You yeah. want me to tell you how I feel? <laughs> Are you crazy? Right. Yeah. No, I hear you. This is, this is going to be invaluable to those guys. Yeah, so, so that's what we're trying to do is just get kids to open up and just have some dialogue back and forth. And so, you know, we talked about that's the course I'm creating online. It's going to be at, at mentaledge.training is going to be the website to go to when that's all ready to go. Um, but, yeah, we're going to continue to do some interviews with guys just like yourself, and we'll just see where this goes. And, you know, obviously we'd love to have you continue to be a part of it and absolutely provide yeah, value to all these kids. Absolutely. No, I learned a lot. It's, it's, you know, and that's the thing about baseball players. Even when you're done, you know, I want to, you still learn, you want to learn as much about baseball to help as much, as much people as you can. So this is going to be a great learning experience for me as well. Awesome. Well, thanks Jack, dude. I appreciate your time. Uh, let's hopefully we get out of this quarantine pretty quick. We can get out to the baseball field and start, yeah. you know, getting our sanity back. I think yes. <laughs> I, I want to hit something. All right. <laughs> All right, dude, will you take care of yourself? Tell your, tell Julie and the kids hi, and we'll see you soon, man. You too. All right, buddy. See you. Okay, take care. Bye. All right, dude.